Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Supported by thegeldedend.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. Tottenham's racing on. Gale in there. He's needed up. He's headed it over. It's gone in. It's 3-2. The most remarkable goal. And it could just decide the championship. It's the end, it's over. Welcome to the 49th and final Squareball podcast of this season. I'm joined by the usual crowd, Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And Oddie. Hello. Gents, we're just about done for this season. Thank God. Thank <laughs> fuck for that. On a professional point of view, we've got the last magazine out as well for the Leicester game. Issue 10 of this season. Bumper uh, issue. But 64, 64 pages for the price of 56. And to think that the swearing you did when we suggested making this magazine bigger. Uh, how were the final day sales? Not bad in the end. Not bad at all. It yeah. helps having a few more people at the game. That's one thing Bates doesn't think about when he's, when he's putting people off coming to the games. <laughs> it affects us. <laughs> we'll give you a quick rundown on the stuff that's in issue 10 of the magazine towards the back end of the podcast, but uh, it's worth saying that you can still get that online at the website and you can get subscriptions for next season. They are now available. When did we send the, uh, the renewal out? Wasn't it December? Late December we started <laughs> asking people to renew for next season. Yeah, If you didn't renew, it's now £100. <laughs> yeah. Not really, of course. Plus an admin fee. UK ones are staying at £25 and digital downloads are staying at £10. We're just currently double-checking the Royal Mail's shafting increase in prices to decide whether it'll if cost, you're, if you're, cost yeah. you £1,000 to get them sent abroad, which if may actually be the you case. You might want to explain to any foreign subscribers, foreign-based, that we have had the price of stamps have been hiked. If anybody stockpiled any and wants to do us a deal... <laughs> It might help keep prices down. Although if you are, if you have already subscribed, you it will automatically renew at the other price, so you won't be affected by the price rise. How nice is that? Because we can't change it. <laughs> <laughs> All the information about that can be found at the squareball.net. Right, let's wrap up the uh, the football action from the season, which, to be quite honest, we'd probably rather not do, but I think it's necessary, given that's why we are here. This it's first f- one is definitely worth mentioning. Okay, let's go through the final set of matches. First one, Saturday the 14th of April, Leeds United 4, Peterborough United 1. It must have been a planetary alignment that the sun was crossing Venus, or perhaps El Nino was enforced because something very strange happened. It was bloody annoying, whatever it was, because I finally cracked in the the build-up to the Peterborough game, as I think a lot of people did. I got the vibe in in the advance of it that nobody actually cared, and I thought... This is one. Billy Painter cared. I had other things to do. I thought, I'm not even I'm not going to go. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to be like one of uh, Neil Warnock's coaching staff. I was down in, I was in Asda when I got Scouting. 
<laughs> scouting for. Uh, Is that what you call it now? I was in the. I was in the. Do the uh, police know. I was looking at some useless lumps of meat, and the, the, I got a goal alert, and uh, it was Peterborough scoring, and that that made sense. I felt vindicated. Then I got another one. It said Billy Painter had scored, and uh, straight in the car, straight home, and <laughs> trying to find that. So. Um, I I missed it all. Not only once, but twice. And McCormack got himself a brace at this game as well. Yeah. Well, I managed to see uh, Peters go with a drink in my hand because I'd gone out of the bar before half-time because it was that shocking. I was um, going to say that the chances were fairly good yeah. <laughs> if recent forms anything to go by. Maybe this is the conditions Painter needed. Two teams not bothered. I, I liked how, you, can, uh, I liked how you, ref- you referred to that in the past tense then. Yeah. Needed, yeah. not needs. It's his career. Yeah, he's, he's not going to play again, probably. Well, well, right. we'll get on to well, all that. Let's, let's, let's not, somebody. Let yeah. us ne- not get ahead of ourselves. Let's deal with these matches. So, Painter got two, McCormack got two. Uh, we came from behind for now, and we diddled Ferguson Jr. And nobody seemed all that pleased. It's like one of the rare 4-1 wins when people were just kind of still bloody crap. And now, oh, and the, the other oh, nice thing Oh, you're doing it was, now. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to bloody keep Painter now. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, um, the, the best point of view on the whole thing was people who thought that Billy Painter's two goals had made him unsellable. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, there was a lot it, of the... It, um, it was in the magazine, it did say, didn't it, that this season is twice as good as last season for he's, Billy? He's improving year on year. Ramon Nunes got a four-year contract or something stupid off the back of a couple of goals, so it's worth it's worth worrying about. I'd have given Painter a stupid contract, though, when he stupid signed the stupid, stupid. Ferguson Jr., let's talk about him, because he's an easy easy target. As is his no. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you stopped yourself there. Moving on. He, will, he was convicted, so we can mention yes, his violent good. past. <laughs> I'd rather he just spoke about the football and how he rubbed his nose in it a little bit. Rub Fergie's nose. <laughs> Maybe he does it for look. I was specifically referring to the fact that he had a quivering bottom lip after we beat them 3-2 down at... Uh, at their ground earlier in the season, but... In many ways, it wasn't heartbreaking enough, this, because it was all over after a few minutes of the second half. Whereas well, it'd have been nice if it had been another last-minute winner. Cause it was it pretty much a walk in the park, really, because they were probably one of the worst teams I've seen this season at Ellen Road, and that includes Leeds. Ideally, <laughs> ideally a last-minute a last minute penalty, which wasn't a penalty, would have been perfect to see him really upset. He was, he's, he's got the Ferguson jeans, it would have probably killed him. Something to crack him around the chops. Sub-20,000 crowd at that one. Then we went on to Blackpool, Tuesday the 17th of April, and we lost. Yay, we do like <laughs> to be beside the seaside. Highlights from this. Uh, if Billy scores were in the sea, probably the only highlight of this game. That was the chant that went up, of course. I enjoyed um, the signs that said, please do not bounce in this stand. <laughs> it will collapse. Uh, do we have to talk about the remaining game? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's just say Blackpool, Cardiff, Leicester. All right, then. Darren O'Day, off yeah. for good. Good. I think I think we were all relieved at that. I don't know. It's a question of who replaces him. I did think it was a, a little bit harsh that if I could only imagine you turned up for training the next day and was like, oh, well, you know, I'll concentrate on my fitness. Maybe presumably a taxi was waiting for him. Go home. Don't well, bother unpacking your bags. Considering <laughs> that on the lap of uh, the lap of crap, as it was called, <laughs> at, the, at the last game, Andy O'Brien was at the front next to Snodgrass, you know, milking the applause. I would have thought and Darren O'Day, who, say what you like about Darren O'Day, he did play a lot of games. People well well would, done for doing your job. <laughs> people would probably say the same about me at work. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He does turn up, yeah. mainly. He does. He do, he is in. It's just it's strange remembering some guys played like thirty five games for you this season actually never belonged to you and just like that 
can just go. Hey, where is he now? Has he been? He's not. He's not said a word. The last word we heard from Darren O'Day was, oh, "I'm looking forward to trying to get a contract at Leeds." Then five minutes before the end of the game, he gets sent off for nothing. Well, you've seen. You've seen how angry <laughs> Neil Lennon gets. He's probably seen O'Day heading back up the motorway and gone, "Oh God!" And I think he's he's at Hadrian's Wall, just like throwing stuff at him. <laughs> Come back. Let's talk about what happened in the stands. That's probably more interesting than what happened on the grass. Which is usually the case. Yes. It got a little bit edgy, a little bit old school. Um, Oyston, the Oyston that's uh, now in charge of Blackpool, not the older Oyston who's a bit naughty himself. Um, the rapist, you mean? That one, yeah. yeah. Call us a massive set of throwbacks in the Blackpool Gazette, which is interesting now because the story quite quickly disappeared from the Blackpool Gazette website. I presume somebody maybe had a quiet word in somebody's ear, but some really choice words that he... Uh, They're such he- a moral family, though. Like you said, you've yeah. already mentioned the rape. Um, it's worth mentioning as well the uh, eleven million pounds. The trousered? Should uh, we say trousered? Tr- we'll call it trousered. Why not? I mean, we obviously are lucky. We have a chairman doesn't take a penny out of the club. There, they came out and said, "Yep, we're having this." Yeah, it's gone to the bank of trousers. <laughs> this is ours. <laughs> and then um, to show that it wasn't being wasted, didn't uh, Austin arrive in a helicopter before their next home game? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Helicopter himself yeah. onto the pitch, so it's like in a gold suit. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for your eleven million quid, everybody. Really enjoyed the Premier League last year. Yeah, some of these quotes. Um, the story said there was fighting in the North Stand, and a Blackpool FC steward was assaulted during the match, which we later learned to not be the case that he actually fell down the stairs, didn't he, and was helped by Leeds fans. Oyston said, I thought the behaviour of the visiting fans was a real step back in time and not a step back that any of us really wants to take. Blackpool, a step back in time is the bloody 1910, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we've got electricity. I know what we can do. Let's get a light up on the pier. I thought the behaviour towards the stewards and in general was just horrific. I think Leeds need to take a very long and close look at themselves and get that eradicated. The general conduct of the Leeds fans was totally unacceptable. You can't tell them... I mean, this doesn't make sense. You no. can't tie them all with the same brush, but stewards were assaulted, which is not something we can tolerate. We will work very closely with the police and our ground safety officers to identify the individuals responsible and make sure they get banning orders to prevent them from attending football matches anymore. By contrast, Oyston praised the conduct of the Burnley fans at Bloomfield Road four days later. On Saturday against Burnley, it was really terrific and the fans deserve credit for that. Give them a biscuit. What he needs is a, a club-owned radio station to get away with those kind of comments. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. They, they would never have retracted it at all. I yeah. blame the police for it, really, because they thought, we'll put it on a midweek night, it'll stop them drinking. All that actually resulted in was everyone taking two days off work and drinking from very, very early in the morning <laughs> yeah. and then all night. So it's the fault of the police, not the people who are drinking? Largely, Excellent. yes. Excellent. But, but if they a, bit make, like, a bit like Bournemouth, then. But yeah. they make it, they're, make, they're taking preventative measures, which I think have probably made it worse. Yeah, and it's a little bit worrying about... It doesn't seem like there was a major outbreak of violence um, at the game. And really, if Ryan, if Oyston has not been down the uh, down Blackpool front of a Saturday night at any time in the last five years... The Yates's Wine Lodge is a particular highlight of mine. Was it a welcoming family atmosphere that did everybody credit? Uh, fucking awful. Any nice How wine- many stitches did you have? Any nice wines on? They a had nice la- Cabernet Sauvignon? <laughs> no, I think it was Lamborghini oh. and WKD or something like that. It's is a, that it, a wine? It's a cocktail. A form of wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cocktail in Blackpool. Right, on to a nice family wholesome club. Cardiff City won, Leeds United won. That was Saturday the 21st of April. Lunchtime kickoff, dancing through hoops for tickets, etc, etc. We've only managed to eke two headlines out of this, which is A, we didn't lose, and B, Lee Bromby is fucking broken. The C that um, hardly anybody from Leeds United went. It was a very minimal trip. 
And even Warnock wasn't going to go. I'd draw the line. I know he was saying that... Because uh, <laughs> yeah. um, he, he did send all his coaching staff off to scout, didn't he? Yeah. If he hadn't gone as well... Well, he was considered... He said, oh, he said it, it might have seemed disrespectful to Cardiff. And he has referenced since the fact that people have written to him and asked for their money back for this period of games where Warnock has basically not given a toss. I think he was walking a line there where he'd gone from planning to next season into just turning the end of this season into some bizarre existential farce where <laughs> Leeds United just do not turn up. 11 ghosts, Lee Bromby's the ghost of Lee Bromby probably should have stayed on the pitch. He's dead, just rises up again. Well, the news from this one, then we went behind in the 40th minute, no surprise there, but we equalised through Luciano Becchio in the 72nd minute. Well, it's nice to see Becchio score. Excellent. Right, let's get on to the final home game of the season against Leicester. Let's wrap up this god-awful season. A departing goal from Danny Webber... And Leeds lose 2-1 at home to a crushing uh, last-minute equaliser. Probably the perfect sign-off to the shittest of seasons. There was nothing crushing about the last-minute equaliser. Inevitable. It was, it was entirely typical, yeah. But, OK. I just, did, I just did a little hand-waving gesture that you would like maybe if a, if a bee was on your food. A kind of a... Ah. <laughs> like, like a passionate Italian man. Shit, like. I'm going. Yes. That's all I did. I went, ah, oh, fucking got in and I walked out of the stadium so, so yet again see Andy Lonergan just on his knees with his arms in the air wondering what's happened it's just it was um, oh god again not a lot to talk about football wise but the reactions of respective returning players what shirt was Bex wearing bruv it almost wanted to be wearing a white shirt was it Alex, Alex Bruce's Bruce, I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> They, they offered to, to swap, didn't they? Because I guess yeah. Bruce at that time knew he was on his way out. Yeah, lead salutes ahoy. He got subbed at half-time, probably because he wasn't really trying. <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed that. It made it made the first half worthwhile. It reminded me of yeah. happier times. Yeah, yeah, it was good to actually see a player that sort of you're not pissed off with. It, sort of, it felt a bit like, can you not come back and play for us and someone else will pay you massive wage? Because <laughs> you would like to be here and we'd like yeah. you to be here, but that 40 grand you're getting... It's a bit of a sticking point, I'm afraid. Casper, how was his reaction then? Not was, quite as good? Not brilliant. He didn't ever really get going, though. I thought he might get a, a decent chorus of abuse. It stayed there, relatively quiet, There I were thought. a few good, loud chants. Um, Related to his parentage, or...? Yes, yeah. yes, his, his father was certainly involved. In his parentage? <laughs> <laughs> yes, his father was involved in his parentage and in the chants, um, which... Uh, I really don't care. Oh, somehow he's one player of the year down there. Um, it's funny because it I saw a comment how... from a Leicester fan, I think it was on Twitter, that had been retweeted by a Leeds fan who said something, I hope we can hang on to him if the big clubs come calling now, which is funny, isn't it? Because we we weren't entirely sorry to see him go 12 months ago. Until we saw Rahubka and Lonergan. Well, but, um, hindsight, eh? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he was just he was just his typical. It's like a miniature Boris Johnson in a football kit. It's just don't care about Casper We didn't really anymore. test him enough. To get angry with... Danny Webber scored. Player of the year at Leicester, let Danny Webber score. Well, let's wrap it up then. 25,664 turned up, which I think is bloody good, all things considered. Yeah, quite a few... Very, very uh, poor last day crowd, though, still. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, given the shite oh, we've yeah. endured, I mean, to still get 25,000 in 14th position and no... Well, no, hope, really, I think is quite a decent achievement. Well, you do wonder, I don't know, I wondered during the, as the players sort of ambled round at the end, whether people had kind of cottoned on to everything. Because I remember Alex Bruce walking down and, and there being a big chant going around me of, Bruce here, Bruce here. It's like, what the fuck's he done this year that's that's worthy of a chant? Somebody should be on there chaining themselves to Robert Snodgrass <laughs> and just letting the others just go back down the yeah. tunnel. Keep going, you lot. Keep going, on your way. So it finished up with us in 14th position, 27 points behind automatic promotion and 14 points behind the playoffs. 
which is not quite as good as we hoped we would be when uh, Simon Grayson had departed. Anyway, uh, we played 46 matches, won 17, drew 10, lost 19, uh, scored 65, conceded 68, obviously a minus three goal difference there, and finished on 61 points. Average attendance for the season, 23,283, down almost exactly 4,000 year on year on the previous season. Good so. season, all in all. <laughs> yeah, well done, Ken. We can reflect on that. There's a lot to look forward to next year. Building a, a team for, no, a club first. Yeah. Well, we're building nothing really, are we? We built some exec boxes, maybe casino soon. Well, let's get on to the building in just a sec. News time now in the Squareball podcast. Let's run through all the stuff that's been going on at Ellen Road in the last two or three weeks. Lots to get through, so we won't dally. Um, the end of season awards took place after the Leicester game. And we have some award winners. I'm sure you've seen them on the site now, so I won't, won't go into too much detail. But Player of the Year, Robert Snodgrass. Players Player of the Year, also Robert Snodgrass. Young Player of the Year, Tom Lees. Community Player of the Year, Aidan White. Goal of the season was Adam Clayton against Leicester in the away game. And the Chairman's Special Pity Award went to Neil Redfern. Well earned, well earned. And the Evening Post did their award as well. Ross McCormack got the Evening Post Player of the Year. Which was a really shit looking award, by the way. What was it, it like? It, just it was even worse than our glass one that Dan broke. <laughs> it's even worse than our broken award. You yeah. Mean, yeah. It was a really small thing. It looked like the sort of thing a child might win at a swimming gala. I'd have been, I'd have been disappointed if I was, if I was Ross. It'll have been smashed off his head though. What I say, what I noticed. Yeah, the highlight at the end of the season awards is the photos that you can find on Facebook of uh, Ross McCormack pissed out of his head, celebrating his evening post awards, and then Tom Lee's as well, <laughs> looking um, thoroughly miserable. <laughs> Yeah, taking his Young Player of the Year award very seriously indeed. <laughs> he's, looking, he's looking down at something, you can't tell on the picture, and it looks like it's a letter with really bad news. Sorry, Mr. Lees, I'm sorry to tell you that the test came back positive. Yeah, he's got that kind of a look about him. Mm. So what do you think, generally, overall... Maybe it's a contract offer. <laughs> <laughs> the correct winners of the awards, then. Bob Snodgrass all round, you think? Yeah. Best of a bad bunch? Yeah, and yeah. Tom Lees yeah. is the only young player. Well, I'm to the last year's Player of the Year. You've lost me now, I can't remember. No, no, it's it's my mind. It never existed. A uh, quick word for Redders as well, the Chairman's Special Pity Award. I wouldn't have wanted that if I was Redders. <laughs> I, I saw Redders yesterday, he was in my gym in Pontefract. Felt like going over and giving him a cuddle, telling him it was all right. <laughs> well, Redfern did deserve some sort of award because there has been good progress at the academy. The under-18s finished runner-up in their league, didn't they? Uh, runners-up to Newcastle. Thumbs up all round? No. Um, thumbs up for the uh, under-18s finishing well. Um, thumbs down for his time as... Actual manager of actual Leeds, actual United. Yeah, Not I like his fault. Both he, he was a hostage. He was a hostage to fortune, wasn't he? A little bit there. Not his fault. What wasn't his fault? That he, that he was given the job. He should never no, no, have been given the job. If someone offered me the lead job. job, I would take it. <laughs> yeah, but it, then it would be your fault that you were rubbish. Well, yeah, granted, but I think and your fault it, that we lost a load of money. I've, 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 all right, I quit. In the same way, in the same way, it's Billy Painter's fault that we gave him a three-year contract. No, it's Billy Spater's fault that he can't hit a barn door with a banjo. I'm not blaming him for his contract. Well, let's talk about footballers. I'm and blaming him for the moonlight sky. Okay. <laughs> uh, trans- hey, listen, listen. Exciting news. The transfer window is open. Oh, God. Hip hooray. <sighs> um, as we mentioned back then, um, Warnock, he was alone on the bench at Cardiff. He had eight people out scouting, according to reports. He really is being serious, isn't he? And particularly because we uh, have heard about this retained list today. Shall we get a little bit more information on that retained list? Yes. Let's speak to a man who knows. (laughs) Yeah, let's. Uh, I'm pleased to say we're joined on the phone now by Phil Hay, Leeds United correspondent from the Yorkshire Evening Post. Thanks for joining us on what must be a pretty busy day for you, Phil. No problem. 
It has been uh, it has been chock a block. I think um, a lot of anticipation about what was going to happen today, and a lot that was quite predictable about the the retained list, uh, and and a lot that was quite predictable about the the players who've been transfer listed. But you, I think we all anticipated one or two surprises, and, and certainly Adam Clayton being made available for transfer is is probably as big a surprise as, as anybody was expecting, especially because he'd been in contract talks with the club. I'm, I'm not sure any of us really saw that coming, but. That that is it as it stands, and I think um, I think both he and the club know they'll be going their separate ways this summer um, if a, if a buyer can be found, and the end of a career which which seemed to blossom this season. So a, a slightly strange move. Can you shed any light on that? Because I believe you tweeted earlier on today that you'd spoken to Clayton's agent. Well, I've heard from both sides. The line from Neil Warnock is essentially that they they weren't able to meet um, Adam Clayton's wage demands. No figures have been been said publicly, but he was saying that essentially they'd, they'd had discussions with Clayton, his agent, and made it made it clear to him what Clayton expected to be paid and, and the club and Warwick I think I think that they were in agreement weren't willing to stretch to that having spoken to his agent his, his agent said that there were two rounds of discussions there was no formal offer made although I would assume that figures would have been discussed at the meetings um, and I think his view is that, that Clayton's extremely surprised by this decision and, and really didn't expect to find himself moving on this summer um, it's sad and disappointed he said but um, he, he did say that, that no animosity there and as, as disappointed as Clayton is he you know he's he'll accept the decision with good grace and, and I think we'll, we'll start looking for other clubs and he did say as well that his phone's been ringing off the hook since um, the news was announced I mean agents always always play these things up but I do think there'll be plenty of interest in Clayton and, and I do think a lot of clubs will, will have a look at a player who, who should cost a bit of money realistically and uh, you know I do wonder if that would be part of the consideration as well if, if they were going to struggle to reach agreement over a contract or, or if, you know, if, if Warnock wasn't quite sure about his valuation I suppose that it was one way of raising more transfer funds to, to catch in on a player who you would imagine will, will command a reasonable size fee. So, yeah, I think they've, they've failed to meet in the middle. Um, this is the result. And, and as I say, I would expect him to play somewhere else next season. Is it the sign of a club that's playing hardball? I guess it is to some extent. Um, and, and I do feel, and I know there's been a lot of criticism of this decision. And, and for what it's worth, I, I do think Clayton is a, a gifted player with you know with, with improvement ahead of him. Whether he'd have gotten the team next season, I think depends very much on who Neil Warnock's going to bring in. But I do think he was a lad with talent. And I do think he's someone who, who could potentially have contributed if he'd continued to improve. But I just get the impression that, that certainly from, from what leads are saying, I get the impression that they feel that the money they would have devoted to Clayton's contract could probably bring in a better midfield. The proof of the pudding is going to be in the eating with that because, to be perfectly honest, we've, we've seen similar situations before with, with Max Grade or Kasper Schmeichel, other highly rated or, or what you would call key players who've, who've moved on because of contractual situations. And, and every time you've looked for leads to replace them adequately, and in, in certain situations, and I think particularly the case of Max Grade or last summer, the, the replacements or the, the work done to replace him wasn't good enough and you know wasn't effective. Um, so if Clayton goes, you would certainly expect that a better midfielder would come in that the midfield will be stronger next season because of it and, and that's pretty much what Leeds have to deliver now and, and it'll be interesting to see but I do think Warnock's got grand plans for this summer I, I do think he knows who he's after and I, I honestly don't think he would be letting Clayton go if he didn't think he could replace him adequately And just talking of that midfield can you shed any light on the Robert Snodgrass situation what's happening there? Well as far as I understand he, he's still considering the contract that he's been offered it would make him the, the highest paid player at the club although I, I kind of doubt it, it'll earn him what, what he would earn if he went to a Premier League club 
Um, it sounds like he's off to, to speak to his family about it and, and going to consider it carefully. I don't think either him or, or Warnock are expecting a rushed decision on this. And, and in a way, something tells me that, that if Snodgrass was keen to get this done, he, he would have got it done quite promptly. Um, the contract's been on the table for a few weeks. And I know these things take time, but, but given that it's a, a best and final offer from Leeds, there doesn't seem to be much room for negotiation. And I do understand his predicament, really. If a Premier League club comes in for him this summer and he says no or he's not able to take up the take up the move there's always the danger of him missing the boat and, and equally if he buys it next summer as a free agent then he's in a very very strong bargaining position and a, a very strong position to, to get himself up into the, the Premier League and I know Neil Warnock has promised to sell him at Christmas if things aren't going well he's promised to sell him at the end of next year if, if Leeds aren't promoted but as ever these things always rely on, on clubs coming in and, and being willing to offer the money that, that Leeds value him at so I think you'll consider this very carefully I'm not sure anybody knows quite how this is going to work out but you know when we'll see a decision I honestly can't say but suffice to say that, that one hasn't been taken yet well thanks very much Phil I'll let you get back to your typewriter no worries thanks Dan thanks again mate bye bye reaction to that then gents I don't want Clayton to go was my <laughs> was my first thought when I heard it I think he's he's our best midfielder and it seems we're keeping Michael Brown and Danny Pugh yeah, they're not the names that you really want to be building a, a midfield around. Could we not have saved Danny Pugh's wages and Michael Brown's wages and given it to Clayton and let him stay? Well, it seems to have boiled down to wage demands, and they just don't think ultimately is worth it. But perhaps there is scope for movement on the wages, and we may see things. Yeah, negotiate with the bastard. It's not yeah. that difficult. But as I said, as I said to Phil, then is it a case of the club playing hardball now, and they need to be seen to do that in order to move things along at this, the speed they want? This has failed miserably, though, because yeah. we played hardball with Beckford, with Housen. Gradle. Johnson, with great, no, it's never worked. It's the no same hardball we've been playing for season after season. I suppose it yeah. just about worked with Becchio. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much hardball there was in there. He's a very agreeable chap, but hardball has <laughs> got to the position where our midfield now can, instead of it once had Gradle, Housen, Johnson, Kilkenny, Clayton, all these players have been in our midfield, and we've played hardball, and now we've got Michael Brown and Danny Pugh. So let's deal with all the people that are involved in Collins' clear out. How things have progressed since these games that we've just spoken about uh, were played. Darren O'Day, of course, sent Pack in in the wake of his sending off at Blackpool. He subsequently claimed that Neil Warnock said he was going to offer him a contract, but has clearly withdrawn it or changed his mind. Paul Robinson was injured for the last game. Warnock said he didn't want to risk him and risk the chance of him getting a contract elsewhere. Not going to be signed permanently. Coming into that, Ben Parker, obviously... Um, Micah, can't say this, Verinen. The Finnish lad. The the expensive Finnish lad. Yes, uh, they had their contracts cancelled. And then just before this announcement today, we had Danny Webber tweeting earlier today that he'd been released. And likewise, Alex Bruce spoke to fans outside the West Stand after the Leicester game and said that he had been released. Looking at the list of players who have been released today, Lloyd Sam, Alex Bruce, of course, confirmed Mikel Forsell, Weber himself, and pensioner Mike Taylor gone down to Millwall. Clayton on the transfer list, Connolly, O'Brien, Rahubka, Painter, Nunes. None of them really surprising, apart from, as we've just touched upon, Adam Clayton. What Mild, do you think? Mildly surprised about Nunes. I wouldn't want to keep him, but having given him a 16-year contract, I'm surprised that he's so quickly. I thought he may have, he was one that was just going to end up hanging around. Connolly, yeah, it's clearly that's over, really, isn't it? The club should learn, if they put a contract offer in front of a player and they sign it willingly, they must be shit. <laughs> Look at the, if, if they come back and negotiate, then they're worth probably hanging on to. If they sign yeah. it, get rid as soon as you can. The hard work is actually, is with the transfer listed players rather than the ones that are letting go, because I know Ken's already been saying how difficult it is to get players in during the Olympics, during the Paralympics, during the Euro 
championships while managers are on holiday, while agents are on holiday. But that goes for players moving out as well. So wherever Rahubka and Painter's agents are going on holiday, Sean Harvey has to follow them. Just wherever they go, just be there at their side while they're packing their suitcases. Be there at the airport at the terminal. Found a club for them yet? Just be there and get them out. Rahubka will go, I think. There's enough lower division, late and Orient, even after the terrible... By and large, keepers find jobs, don't they? Yeah, there's not that many of them around, and uh, and he's got to go. New deals on the table then for Bob Snodgrass. Please sign. Please sign, Robert. Please sign. Yeah. We'll do that in a second. Uh, Aidan White, likewise, would like to see him sign. Ross McCormack. They should have had that contract in front of him on Saturday night at the players, <laughs> at the Player of the Year Awards. It's like... When he was annihilated. Yes. Uh, Zach Thompson also got a contract on the table. And interesting that uh, Brown has been offered a new Brownie. deal. Yeah, on reduced uh, one-year terms, which is interesting. Brownie. You called him Brown. He's Sorry, not, Brownie. It's Brownie. Brownie. Do we think that's all right on reduced one-year terms, all the Adam no. Clayton stuff nope. aside? No, reduced. If it's, if it's to kind of... If he pays us <laughs> two, yes. two or 300 quid a week, <laughs> I'd be willing to let him stay. After the his closing... I mean, a lot of things Warnock was saying towards the end of the season, he'd come out after I've said, oh, I've seen some things in these players and they, they may not be staying. And what we saw in the Leicester game was Michael Brown booting the ball up over his head into the air, Danny Pugh failing to control it and Leicester <laughs> scoring. And they're both staying. <laughs> yeah. So, I'd love it if he turned around and just said to Ronnie Jepson, get, get, make a note of that. We're keeping those two. Um, there are pro deals on the table. The Turner Twins get further one-year contracts with one-year options. Sam Byram, Ross Killock, Charlie Clamp. What a good name. Well, it's I wonderful. Char- I love Charlie Clamp. His name has been getting mentioned more and more, and I really hope Charlie Clamp makes it. It's like the only scum it's player. A head- it's a headline writer's dream, is that, isn't the it? The only scum player I've had any interest in, in I think, the last 20 years. He was called definitely Clegg. Michael Clegg, I think it was. Yeah, I, it was Michael, wasn't it? I hope. Or was he a politician? Either way. I hope Cleggie makes it. That was all I thought when I saw him. And this is it. Clampy's got to get in the team. Head, I say headline writers. Brilliant. Clamping down. Stuff like that. Wheel clamped. Nipple um, clamped. <laughs> nipple clamped, yes. Well, for the more exotically tasted amongst you. And finally, Dominic Polian uh, has turned pro. Right, let's talk quickly about the snotty contract situation. A lot has been said about this, but not a lot has yet been done in terms of signing Club have said that they've offered Snoddy the maximum available deal. Uh, please sign it, please. I can top it up if necessary. Yeah, I'll um, chuck a tenner in. It's all I've got, but he can have it. It's interesting to see how this is going to play out because Snoddy said he's going to have to go sit, go down and talk to his family, um, see what the right move is. He's making noises about wanting, or he wanted rather to be the person to take us up. It's disappointing that he couldn't. It all seems very past tense. I know we, um, we can read too much into that. I think he was talking about this season gone. Yeah. The, the question was, how do you feel about this season? It's okay. like, I wanted this to happen. Granted, yeah. Um, so I'm prepared. But there's talk Warnock saying that maybe if he doesn't sign the contract, then we've still got a year and, and Snoddy's saying similar. Or he may you know, give it until Christmas to see what happens, how we're doing next season. Um, and as Phil Hay just mentioned, he's in a very strong position then going into the last six months of his contract next season. He's going to be in a great bargaining position to get a Bosman and probably a huge signing on fee. In short, are we confident? No. 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 He's too good for this. He's the best offer we can make, but it undoubtedly won't be the best offer football can make for him. Yeah. But no. if this if this one year thing is, is to be believed that Warnock's saying if you know, if we don't go up this season then I'll sell you, which is great because then he could net the club a decent transfer fee if he signs the new contract. Doesn't he win either way? He gets a year on increased wages and then sold to a Premier League club in 12 months' time. He gets but a year Ken on... will get a, be- a bigger fee now than he will in January. No, but yeah, if, he's, if he manages to convince him to sign and says, oh, you know, I promise you, you have my word, sign now for three years, we'll review it after 12 months, so we either go up or 
we sell you to a Premier League club. It's a win-win in 12 months. I think the, the thing is, whatever contract Leeds offer him now, and if he, he, whatever he signs now, he could get more now at a Premier League club. He'd and he'd be at a Premier League club. Premier League club. Yeah. yeah, so he could do that now. So we're asking him to sacrifice potentially a year's wages and a year of his career in the Premier League for the love of Leeds United. And I, for one, have faith... Or, he would, no, 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 because what, what you could do, you could build into the contract review that if we do go up, then he gets a huge bonus at the end of it because we know we've got Premier League income coming. I don't it, think money's the it issue. It can be done. I don't think money is the real issue. Of course it? it is. I mean, I know he wants to play Premier League yeah, football. Yeah. He wants to test himself at the highest level. But money's got to be a factor in that because if the Premier League was paying five grand a week less than we were paying, then I'm sure he'd probably think twice about moving, wouldn't he? That's the thing. It isn't. So the two things go together. He's got yeah. he's got money and Premier League football there just waiting for him. It just depends whether his family likes Norwich or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, plenty of family already there in terms of Housen and Johnson. It's interesting as well that Clayton had reiterated his desire to sign a new contract and stay at Leeds uh, in the last you know week or two in the media. Obviously, he knew this was coming. Well, unless he thought he was going to get the contract his agent was telling him he was going to get, and this has all been a... His world's fallen down around his ears. What do you mean I can't have all the money in the world? Well, that is that. Let's talk very briefly about transfers in. Jason Pierce from Pompey. 24 years old, is the captain of their team, uh, rated very highly indeed. Their player of the year, I think he was their player's player of the year as well. He sort of won across the, uh, across he the won board. A, he won everything more or less. Yeah, pretty much. Awards. Is that not a really good sign of intent uh, from the club? It's a good first step. Yes. Can he play in centre midfield? <laughs> <laughs> Um, He's got quite an interesting career arc, actually, as Pierce. He was a trainee at Portsmouth, but didn't make an appearance. And they stuck him out on loan to Bognor Regis Town, glamorous, um, and Woking on loan. Then he signed for Bournemouth in 2007. He was there for four years, made 162 appearances. So you can say pretty much ever present for four years. And then he signed back for Portsmouth in 2011 for 300 grand, rising to 600. And again, he's paying transfer fees then. I don't know. But he's made 43 appearances he this didn't. season. That's the whole point. And still haven't paid them, yeah. Um, and although people have said it, the fee might be in the region of half a million, it's quite possible if if some Twitter people in the know are to be believed that we're paying substantially less than that, something in the region of a quarter of a million to 300,000. And it includes paying the sum off um, one lump sum in one go up front because obviously transfers normally are split over 12 months, Staggered, aren't they, yeah. cash, yeah. And there's even talk of us paying the deferred wages that he hasn't been paid yet from Portsmouth. So keen to get him. Well, the only two things that worry about worry me about this is one that he just never appears to have played north of London. So I don't know how he's going to cope in uh, the industrial north. And then secondly, uh, we've signed good defenders before. Wasn't Lubomir Mikulik highly rated? And um, Huntington, and yeah. And uh, who was the other one? He's young though, and Mikulik had only played a few games looking deep. Just because mm. we've had shit defenders in he the has, past doesn't has... mean we should never sign any more defenders. I mean, God, if we need one thing, it's defenders. We don't want Southerners, and we don't want people who've got a reputation. Never I'm sure he'll be fine. No, he does. Get Neil he... Aspin back. Everything um, about him sounds good, which is why I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, something's got to be wrong with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we'll... Whereas on the other hand, the other guy we're being linked with everything around him sounds completely wrong yeah i guess you're referring to el Hadj youth yes interesting character why couldn't we just have said no that's one one thing i know it's all right to be not do your business in public and be cagey about things but when neil warnock was asked i see El Hadj youths in the papers is there any truth in this rumor he could have just said no we're not signing that toss bag worse than a sewer rat well i think it may be a smokescreen for somebody else that's why he's doing it in public maybe it's warnock's revenge 
pretending he's going to sign. Pretending he's going to sign. He'll get him. He'll get him to come up to Leeds. He'll say, "I'll meet you in a hotel." He won't turn up. He'll send Ross McCormack in. Final word on the transfers. Then um, Warnock has said there is a marquee signing in the offing that will whet the fans' appetite. Will that be Jermaine Beckford? We're getting a marquee as well (laughs) on top of the pavilion. But um, right. Let's move on from the transfer talk. We've got a lot to squeeze. We're going to hear a lot more of that this summer as well, aren't we? We've got to build a squad from the ground up. So get used. But not in public. We don't do no. that in public. Do it's not a- the Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. New kits out. It's not bad, is it? Well, I mean, could be worse. I think it's a really good tribute to dinner ladies up and down the country, <laughs> in that it looks a bit like a tabard from the side. It is the first kit we've had for a while that I haven't um, instinctively recoiled from in horror. So it's an improvement. It does look like a Spurs kit to me, though. They had yeah. all the yellow bits on the side, and it, mm. it does remind me of that. I'm they not, do, they do play in white and blue, you know? I know, but you still generally wouldn't mistake one of their kits for one of ours. Although they did have that very nice one a couple of years ago. I would have liked that one. It's that blue frame that they've put around to allow the tabardage to come in. Because that's the thing, but it should be just white on white. It doesn't need a frame. It's part of its beauty as, a, as an aesthetic idea. It's but better yeah. than the black one, though. It is much, much better. Than well, the black one is going to be re- it's gonna be relegated to the third kit, isn't it? Good, um, I hate that shirt. Because we're due a new away kit at some point in the summer. They don't sell many yellow kits, do they? So I think they sh- sort of shine away from yellow, are they? Let's hope it's yellow. Please be yellow. I'd like a yellow shirt. Yeah, white at home, yellow away. It'll be bloody luminous yellow. That's what they'll do. <laughs> God. Enterprise Insurance are still the sponsor. Good old Enterprise. Thanks. And they still haven't moved the logo to the side where it should be, but mind the details. Make uh, all the difference. Something to note on the uh, new shirt. I like this. The neck features a Korean-style collar, like Ken Yong-il, is it? Oh, yeah. oh they're famous for their collars, aren't they? The Kiel yeah. <laughs> Koreans. Yeah. Those car style icons. Well, it doesn't say whether it's <laughs> south or north. Well, it could be either, couldn't it? could be either. It's made of a rib-knit fabric. That sounds like a condom. Um... There is a, there is a dog eating using... joke in there somewhere <laughs> yeah. as well with the collars, but. Are you using fabric condoms? Know. Yeah, old fashioned, prophylactic. Yeah. <laughs> um, 1880s. It's got 1919 in it and a bro- embroidered. Is that like when your condoms used by date was? <laughs> embroidered in the back neck along with the club's motto of Pride of Yorkshire, Agmin in Uno, which, mm. uh, can somebody explain? Is this Latin? Is it Italian? What's, what's the beef for this? Isn't it wrong, first and foremost? It's a rough attempt at translating marching on together into, into Latin, apparently. So, but I don't know why. Why does that have to be translated into cod Latin when Pride of Yorkshire, which is apparently also our club's motto, but I didn't even know marching on together was our motto. Why is that in English and then one's in Latin? Uh, the reason is to try and make it sound any good. And it doesn't. It just because everyone's just going to go, what does that mean? And then they'll translate it and it doesn't bear any relation to what it's supposed to translate as. So, well, if they've just written the whole thing in English, there'd be no problem if you just said 1919, Pride of Yorkshire, marching on together. Everybody knows what it means. It makes sense. That's our motto. We don't have to learn Latin. It's spelt correctly. There's no problem. <laughs> I'd Instead, say as well, stick to one. Don't go yeah, both. Yeah. You, how long is this motto? Don't mo- it. The Pride club's motto. And marching on together. Leeds United Calypso. <laughs> the lads of Leeds. Doesn't this this translate roughly out? It comes out as marched in column together or something like that. Yeah, and there was and, and it means like force marched rather than <laughs> willingly following a. But actually, do you know what? It's- cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Probably appropriate, all things considered. But the kit's not bad. It's all right. It'll so, be. yeah, bitching and moaning aside, it's not too bad. But it's the seventh new kit in seven seasons. Well, what do yeah, you expect? We're not alone. What do you that, expect? Sadly. That's, that's not new new news, is it? That we're going to get a new kit. It's the seventh every... bad one. <laughs> I've not bought any of them. I feel like I'm winning. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, let's give a mention to John Reynolds, who was the groundsman at Leeds, who sadly died after 60 years of service. One of the, the longest serving employee, probably in Leeds United's history. Probably in Leeds as a city. Um, and my mate's uncle, and a very nice man, apparently, by all accounts. Um, he was paid tribute in kind to, uh, well, in the, the minutes applause we had against Leicester uh, mentioned him by name, as well as the various other Leeds fans who died across the last 12 months, including, well, Gary Speed, not that he was a Leeds fan, but obviously paying tribute, you know Leeds what I mean? Leeds people. Yeah, Leeds people, that's probably the right description. Leeds United people. It, it's been reported that Sean Harvey initially refused the request for a minute's silence, Mm. which is unfortunate. Well, especially when it was his reported comments were that if we allowed one for John Reynolds, everyone will want one, which every I think everyone who worked for Leeds United for 60 years is deserve, entitled yeah, to want one. They deserve one, don't it's they? Not, it's, um, nobody's implying that some fly-by-night who turned up to Leeds United in basically in the last five minutes did a crap job and then just happened to die while they were working here. Like some, perhaps some high members of the, uh, of the current regime would be awarded... Uh, such a tribute, but someone who has been here for 60 years and tended to the bloody grass. Where would we be without a pitch full of grass to play football on? <laughs> they do make it hands. easy for us sometimes, don't anyway, they? Don't worry, Sean. We're not planning on having one for you. <laughs> well, some people get statues, and one person who does get a statue, and deservedly so, is Don Reavy. That is unveiled this week, isn't it, the statue? Uh, I saw a there's a photo on the official sites of it today being loaded into a truck looking good not quite in the leafy meadow setting that the artist impression gave the impression no quite it seems to be in a car park tarmac there's a yeah. lot of tarmac around I mean, such is the environment around a football ground but mm. maybe a little bit of artistic license but we knew that didn't we anyway yeah, uh, right season, t- season tickets have gone on sale they're cheap it, uh, <laughs> they, yeah they are cheaper yeah. they've gone down overall about five percent drop in prices from last year which was done very quietly almost a little bit little bit of a climb down perhaps an acknowledgement that sales hadn't quite lived up to expectations Somebody want to pick the highlights out of this, if there are any, what you could describe as highlights? Well, they've gone down. That's the, that's <laughs> that's the main that's highlight. That's the headline. The, the, still the headline and the highlight. They're, they're yeah. still very expensive, but I don't think any of us probably ever expected them to go down again. No. So, yeah. Well, you know, your North Stand ones are 582 quid, uh, which works out at just over 25 quid a match. Just over 21 quid when you take out VAT, which, of course, Ken likes to refer to. 25 quid per match for, for a football game in this division. Is that fair, or do you think they're slightly overpriced still? Rhetorical uh, for the product, <laughs> they're overpriced. Yeah, or this it, season they'll be. You'd, you'd, I'd be happier down around twenty quid, but then I'm 
I mean, it still feels like a, an awful lot of money. But hey, they've brought them down. We, we, we shouldn't be yeah. turning up our noses too much. Your top, your like top adult cheaper. price is 752 quid, which is the E stand upper, which works out to £32.70 per match or £27.25 when you take VAT out. So that's that's your top-end price. I'd love so. to know where I can buy them without paying VAT. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I can always say it's about the tax man gets his cut, so we have to we have to do it justice. We have to mention it. Get them while they're, uh, while they're still available. <laughs> get them when <laughs> we've signed... Which is from now until next July. Yeah, yeah. get them when January. we've signed some players. I think it's the... I wouldn't be buying one now. Uh, other quick news highlights. Then, of course, it's been the 20th anniversary of us being the champions of England. That was good, wasn't it? I think the uh, Square Ball magazine did a fine job of marking it with a uh, a wonderful front cover, fantastic centre spread by the beaten generation, and some, uh, some very good articles on the subject. Football League have passed the financial fair play rules that are going to be phased in over the course of the next five years. I'd hope we're not going to be in the championship in five years when this comes in, but, you know, Ken, I'm sure, will absolutely hang his hat on it. Uh, and finally, the court case has happened. That's good, isn't it? It's always good to be back in court. That snuck up on everybody. We weren't expecting this. And then suddenly there's photographs of Bates and Harvey laughing them, laughing their heads off outside the, the court. The headline from this is the important bit. We are spending a fortune on legal fees. That's come from the mouth of Sean Harvey. I mean, look. In this, court, under oath. Yeah, it's look, it's an absolute open goal. We could go on at length about this and we have done in the past, so we don't really need to do it now. But there well, it is in black and white, under yeah. oath. All we need, really need to say about it is, bloody told you we were. <laughs> and people describing Ken Bates as unreliable. Yeah, uh, with a Stalinist approach to uh, communication, which, um, again, I don't think we've necessarily said anything that disagrees with Melvin Levi's barrister on on those terms. And the fact that this whole, I mean, just in case anyone's not following it, it's all to do with because 2009, Ken Bates loses a libel action to Melvin Levi and then 2000. 10 I think it was at Christmas he put out a um, has anybody seen this man bulletins on Yorkshire radio uh, trying to serve papers on me over and over and I remember hearing it at the time my head just going in my hands going why are you doing this again and now here we are in court and Leeds United are spending a fortune on the legal fees happy days and I think it all relates to a an amount of 190 grand yes. is what this is all about. And it's cost us, I think the first case cost about one and a half million in legal fees. It was predicted anyway. Yeah. This will probably be a fortune. A fortune, yeah. as uh, Sean Harvey says. So um, it's been well worth chasing, is that 190 grand? Yes. A, at least we're not throwing good money after bad. You That's can, true. If you want to weigh it up, one and a half million on legal fees versus one and a half million on Adam Clayton's wages, which would you rather see your season ticket money spent on? <laughs> Part three now of the Square Ball podcast and in tribute to the Stalinist approach to the Yorkshire Radio phone in, we've decided to do a phone out because you can't exactly do a phone into a podcast. So we're going to ring up and speak to a few of the podcast listeners and contributors. We have selected them from a list. <laughs> Yorkshire Radio probably is a phone out when you think about it because it's the same dribbling simpletons they have on every single week. <laughs> and first up, Janet. No, not Janet. It's not Janice. <laughs> right. Eddie, you're my favourite player. <laughs> right, let's get on the phones then. <laughs> on the phone now then, Rich Benson. Hello, Rich. Hello. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Right, we're going to impose a three-minute time limit on you to get said whatever it is that you want to say. Start the clock. Okay, Rich, high points of the season, low points of the season. This doesn't have to be on the field either. High point, I think... Probably um, equaliser at West Ham. Oh, well, my own personal highlight is uh, Chubby's impersonation of Sean Dyche, which is 
you know, it's retired. I know. Well, it's a shame. It's ch- changed my life. I'm uh, doing an impersonation of uh, a Leeds fan, doing an impersonation of uh, a middle-ranking manager <laughs> with possible medical problems. Yeah, no, the number of times. Anyway, listen, listen. You don't need to sit here wanking us off on the phone. Uh, we can get that sort of fun elsewhere. Tell us about your low points right. of the season. The Too ki- many to choose from. From, really. kick, from kick off to finish, probably Blackpool was uh, was a bit of a low point, really. Too many to mention, really. I lost my lucky sock in pre-season, so I mean that predated oh. the season. But so, how did you um, keep, how did you keep your penis warm for the season then? Yeah, uh, very good. No, I mean uh, it, I spoke to you last year about my superstitions, you know, and it, it, I tried everything again this year, every single garment. I even found a pair of uh, old boxer shorts of my dad's that had LUFC on the front. Oh, I think good God! They worked for a couple of games, but uh, I've had to give them back now. Where was the sock when you last <laughs> yeah, had it? The sock. Yeah, where was it when you last? Uh, this could be the thing. Well, Did your uh, mum wash it and it's not looking? Yeah, anymore? no, I don't live with. I haven't lived with mum for twenty years, but I don't know. It's probably. <laughs> it's probably, uh, it's probably down behind the headboard of my bed, isn't it? Let's be honest. Maybe that's the one thing you need to try is moving back in with your mum. It's 20 years since we won the league. Uh, yeah. Bring, yeah. Since the place now. bring the look back to Leeds yeah. United. Move in with yeah. your mother. She Do misses you. Team. Well, I'm not sure my mum had, uh, had fancied that, really. She's got enough to put up with. <laughs> so who would you like to see come in then? Who's going to replace Clayton? Well, I don't know. Someone with pace, power and energy. Michael um, Brown. Yeah, well, I suppose Brown's probably cheaper than uh, what Clayton was. Clayton's agent was after. I mean, I imagine Brown's taking a big dip. In I mean, form, I think, or just in <laughs> in life in general. Well, I know a lot of people will be uh, chirping about the fact that Clayton's going and Brown's staying, but I can perversely uh, see why because I don't think midfield will be seeing much of the ball next season as it goes over the red. Pierce will be a good signing. We've got to build from the back really you know I mean it's good news for Lee's today I mean that might have been overlooked but uh, they talk about giving him improved terms apparently he's overjoyed so, yeah he's well, showing he it. Shows it yeah. <laughs> yeah he's celebrating having an operation on his nose right? <laughs> that's true actually we didn't mention that before hasn't he said he's broken his nose about six times this yeah. season yeah maybe four, that's, four times I think maybe we that's physically preventing him from smiling. <laughs> it's the yeah. pain of his nose. He'll come back next season. Can you tell us who are your best and your worst players? Best? Well, it's a limited pool, isn't it? I mean, you'd have to say Snoddy, although he's actually not been uh, that good recently, I don't think. I'm not sure. What's your mouth out? With him being moved around. I'm sorry, but that's what I think. Worst player? Oh, well... Should we call this the Paul Rohubka Award? The McCartney title, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think Danny Pugh has been absolutely woeful. Well said. Um, I mean, that that goal on uh, Saturday just encapsulated it. I mean, half a million. Yeah, it was just awful. It was absolutely awful. <laughs> Let's not dwell on it. Right, tell us then, before we kick you off unceremoniously, tell no, us what is the number one thing that Leeds United needs? doesn't have to be footballers. It could be anything. What do you think? Do you know what? I think... Uh, I've spent a lot of time recently just watching YouTube videos of our fans. There's one of us filmed. If you've not seen it, I'm sure you have, chaps. If you've not seen it, it's filmed from one of the corporate areas at Arsenal last year. And there's just a look of uh, absolute bewilderment on the faces of all these Guna corporates as uh, Snoddy sticks the penalty in. I just think Leeds United just needs the continued faith of, of our fans. You know, every day is a day nearer Kenneth William Bates leaving our club. And that's that's what me and my uh, my mates stick to. Every day is another day closer to him pissing off. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a very middle of the road view. A good point, well made. <laughs> yeah, and I want to say one final thing. I've not voted for you in the fanzine of the year. I've, I've voted for Red Cafe. Just, uh, <laughs> otherwise, they're going to win. Fuck all, aren't they? So to, uh, <laughs> thanks uh, very much for your time, Rachel. We'll speak to you soon. Take it easy. Cheers, 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 bye. 
And on the phone now, Eamon Dalton. Eamon, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me join you. Um, plug your website quickly. Houstonisnow.com, celebration of a former player. Um, a collection of images and basically becoming a Ben Fry shrine. <laughs> <laughs> and he isn't even dead yet. It, it seems wrong calling you Eamon. Can I call you Emo? Um, well, you can call me Amo. Is that well, how you pre- pre- prefer to pronounce it? Is it pronounced with the A? That's not how I pre- prefer to pronounce it, but it is how I pronounce it. It's All right, not then. like emo, like a, a sad man. It will be. Amo. Amen. Yeah, get, getting all showbiz on us. All right, then. Amo. <laughs> Hello. Um, tell us about the season, then. Your high points, low points for the season. Um, well, I was compiling a season review on uh, my website, com, and I, I quickly worked out that it was basically a season of highs and lows, like all encapsulated week to week. We seemed to play well, play badly. We'd play well and lose. We'd play badly and win. And there was sort of no form to the season, if you know what I mean. Like, we never seemed to maintain any form other than being shit. Consistent, so, at least. Consistent. Consistently very inconsistent, but mostly bad. Where did it all go wrong? The summer, I suppose. You know, you don't replace Kilkenny Johnson. We weren't huge fans of them, but they are people. They're human beings, and they need to be replaced in the team. Then Max went, and I don't know exactly where it all went wrong, but it went all wrong. Does that fill you with confidence now that we've got, well, we're getting rid of Clayton, and we're down to Pew and Brown, looking for their replacements now? Feeling good? You imagine there's a plan. (laughs) Somewhere there's a plan. Bless your naivety. If nothing else, it's comedy gold for your website. <laughs> we we need some new players, preferably if they could go through the Smiths back catalogue, work out puns on players, and then sign those players, I think that would be a good system. Have you got this pre-prepared? Well, sweet and tender Hulahan would be, you know, <laughs> so that could keep me going for months. Who would you be glad to see the back of from Leeds United then? Well, the problem is they've kind of everyone's up for sale except for the ones that I'm quite happy to see keep. So I'm, I'm happy with keeping. Well, you know, he's a, he's a good man. He had a little child on the pitch the other day. It he's wasn't his man. though. <laughs> I presume, I presume child it was catch his a pew. <laughs> I assume it was his child. He didn't just find a child. He underrates his uh, child finding abilities. That's why he missed the bloody poof in the air from Brown was because he was busy casting his evil glance at the East Stand. Just before uh, Dan throws you off on your three-minute curfew, can I just ask how your mum is? Um, She's very well. We were joking before the game about how Danny Webber is the shittest player ever. And then he scored. (laughs) (laughs) For those people that don't know, you fly over from Dublin when you come to see Leeds and you come with your mum who's a big Leeds fan as well. I do, yeah. She's a big fan. She'll be listening to this now, so... Excellent. She gets a name check. Hello, Emo's mum. Emo's Emo's mum. Sorry. Mrs. (laughs) Dalton. What is the number one thing that you think Leeds United needs? doesn't have to be a footballer, it can be anything. Well, we need footballers. I think that's important. I think a good start to next season is pretty crucial. If we do bad the first 10 games, then we can forget about it. So I think a good start brought about by a good pre-season, which is brought about by um, signing of good players. That's quite a lot to be asking. It is, but you know, you get the first one and then you get the next one. It's not rocket like, science, is it? It's, it's not rocket science, no. it's just general science. Right, your three minutes are up, I'm going to boot you off the line. Thanks, Amo. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Right. On to the next caller then, and now on the line, Amitai Winehouse. Hello, Amitai, how are you? Hi, um, I'm good, how are you? Excellent. Your middle name's Eric, isn't it? Yeah, my middle name is Eric. As, as revealed in issue 10 of the Square Ball, you wrote a very good little story for us. Uh, why are you called Eric? Uh, I'm named after Eric Cantona. Hooray! <laughs> That's outstanding. Whatever happened to him? I think he went somewhere, I'm not sure where it was. Yeah. Downhill after Leeds. Yeah.
Yeah, so tell us about how you viewed this last season then. Any particular highs, lows you'd like to draw attention to? Just a bit of a disappointment, really, wasn't it? There wasn't enough highs to kind of make up for the ridiculous number of lows. And it's kind of got to the point where, towards the end of the season, I just wasn't looking forward to going to games again. It was it was actually terrible because the football we played was just shocking towards the end, which really, really pains me. Did we do any football towards the end? I don't know. What's, no. the last, what's the last Leeds game you enjoyed? Probably the one against Ipswich, and even that was terrible. Again, at the home game. I mean, the only reason I enjoyed that was just to see a defence fall apart, which is nice when it happens to the other team. Yes, I was about to say, mood have changed it not being ours. Any particular uh, players you would like to draw attention to? Them? Good players, bad players, terrible players, even worse players than that? There's two that I actually quite enjoyed watching this year more than others, and sadly one of them has been transfer-listed today. <laughs> but, I mean, McCormack was probably my favourite player this season, and Clayton. Uh, Snodgrass is kind of an obvious one, but McCormack I just enjoyed because he's clearly quite a good player and he's quite technically adept, whereas Clayton can pass the ball, which is quite nice to see. I don't know, it depends who don't we bring in. Don't get used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next year. exactly. Next year, it'll just be long ball straight from the back. There's no point having a midfielder Warnock around, is there? You mentioned that obviously Clayton's on the way out. Anybody else you'd like to see the back of? Who would you like to force out with a cattle prod? Probably O'Brien. But I think it wouldn't be very fair on him. He'd probably, um, well, I don't, I don't want to say anything, but you know, <laughs> would But then again, Parker managed to make it out of the doors. So, uh, I anything, think I, I heard that he tripped up over the threshold and he's currently sporting a knee injury. I'm pretty sure he's in a full body cast, <laughs> sort of like a, a plaster of Paris onesie kind of thing. Yeah, basically, might as well permanently apply one to him because he's not really worth having as a mobile person. He's using himself as a cast for his own statue. <laughs> <laughs> ben Parker's big plan. Uh, who would you like to see come in to Leeds United then, players-wise? I'm going to be honest, the, the one player I want us to sign is Beckford. Or it'd be a dream, but bringing Gradle back. But I think Beckford is the realistic one that I'd quite like to see in. I think he'd cost a lot, but there's a very small chance we could bring him in. And I think it'd be worth it. Did you it's have just, moist you know, eyes watching him on Saturday? Yeah, it's just the sort of player that you kind of want in your team. He's got pace and he scares defenders. What I we mean, actually need is a time machine. <laughs> yeah, then, we, exactly. then we can have Beckford and Gradle and Howson. Did yeah. you like Johnston and Kilkenny? I was talking to one of my flatmates and he was pointing out that it's actually funny. Our team in League One was probably better than the team we have now. What, you mean without Danny Pugh? Well, I should clarify the half a team that we have now. The thing is we've apparently got about one player who can play, who's fit, who's not transfer listed. It's, a start, it's the start of a five-a-side team anyway, isn't it? Neil Warnock and Gary Kelly. In your opinion, where did it all go wrong this season? I've got to say it started with the budget. Um, if you actually look at it, the budget was cut by about £4 million from what we had last year to what we started this year with. So Grayson had to sell players. So the fact that Schmeichel left and Grader left, I mean, not that I rated Schmeichel, but it was kind of a symptom of the fact that Bates clearly told him he didn't have the money this year. So we never had a chance. He was kind of forced out. Before we kick you off, very rudely, what do you think the one thing is that Leeds United as a club needs? The thing we need is probably money. Oh, no, 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 no. We need to spend money because I think we have money. Uh, that's the difference. We do spend money. We build shit. It's coloured cream. <laughs> it's a casino yeah. in the pipeline. What more do you want? Well, I mean, that'd be brilliant. Obviously, that'll bring, you know, well-needed funds into the club and then it'll be spent on probably a statue of Ken. If he ever has the goal to build a statue to himself anywhere around Elland Road and think it's not going to get vandalised day in, day out, hour by hour, minute by minute. I almost wish he'd do it. I'll go to jail for vandalising that. Right, Amitai, thank you very much for your time. We will boot you off unceremoniously back into the night. And, Thanks uh, so much for having me. You're welcome. Fingers crossed for next season and you can always go to Deed Pole and change your name, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'd have to explain that to my parents. So. <laughs> Take care then, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, see you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. On the line now, Keith Ingham. Welcome to the Squareball Podcast, Keith. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? 
it's very good to speak to you. Right, talk to us about your views of the 2011-2012 season. Good, bad, indifferent or awful? I've supported Leeds for 37 years and of my recent times, I'd say it's the worst season we've ever had. Even, uh, even worse than the relegation year from the Championship? Yeah, I do. To lose a game at Ellen Road 7-3 against a team who basically were, were Forest. Yeah, played well at night, but we lost to Forest 7-3. Leeds don't do that. We, know, do, we do now. We do now, yeah. We've, <laughs> lo- we, we've lost a game the season before. We lost to Preston after... Uh, we lost to Preston 6-4 after being 4-1 up. And then we go one step worse by beating beating 7-3. What's next season? 8-3 or something. 8-4? Eight, eight, is that what we get next season? <laughs> got to stop. I, got to stop now. I take it that's your low point of the season. Are there any particular high points you can pick out of all this Maya? The unbelievable support by Leeds fans. We're on the 11th minute when Gary Speed at Forest, when Spogas put him back at net, I had tears in my eyes. It was just like it was meant to be. It was a, a beautiful thing. For a football fan, you know, when we lost somebody, one of his legends, sadly taken from us at uh, a very young age, never forget that, ever. Where, in your opinion, did it all go wrong this season, then? I think it went wrong in the last three transfer windows. If it had been backed the season when we were so close to playoffs, that January transfer window, a couple of players would have seen us. I believe they'd have gone up. Uh, and then the failure in the summer... And the discontent and the apathy around Ellen Road, it's not a nice place to go anymore. You know, you get 20, 20 odd thousand fans in there hardly making a noise. That's kind of scary. It's not been good. One of my questions was going to be what's the number one thing that Leeds needs? I presume you're kind of thinking to get the fans going again. How do you think we do that? Ken Bates has got to listen to Lust. There's 5,000 plus members of that organisation. They're supposed to have somebody on board. Ken Bates said quite a long time ago that he wanted you know, somebody on board from the fans' side of it. I think he uh, thinks that's Peter Lorimer. Well, Peter Lorimer's not. Peter, Peter Lorimer's a mouthpiece for uh, Ken Bates. Even one of my heroes, and he has gone down such in my estimations. He's just a puppet for Ken Bates. We need somebody on board, on the board. If we're asking, they're asking us to pay top whack prices for championship poor football. It's not on. Which players would you like to see the club get hold of this summer? And what's the, the most important area of the team that you think we need to fill? More important than... Uh, the players will come in. We can't let his gems keep going. We've got to keep snotty. We need somebody with midfield, somebody who can put his front board. We need somebody, back line, who can stop gold going in. We've, they've been doing it for three years. And we still haven't got a, a, a settled back line who can, we can win a game 1 0. You know, you always think, that, well, whenever you watch Leeds or whoever they're playing, you always think the other team are going to score a goal, so you've got to score too. And to be honest, if he wants to get fans back on board, he needs to bring a wow signing. If it's got to be Beckford, bring Beckford back. If it's got to be Smith, maybe Alan Smith. What's your language, Keith? What's your language? (laughs) I hate him as much as everybody else. (laughs) You do not, you don't go there. He came out of 4-4-2 a long, long time ago and said, I'll never be a red. And then within, you know, six or nine months, he was there. But I still think... He still loves Leeds. Without doubt, Betford loves Leeds. Yeah, there's not the same I, I problem with him going to Everton. That's all right. <laughs> we'll take a, a player who's been to Everton, been to Leicester, come back. Smith's career path. The stories of uh, Smith retiring to go and work in Newcastle's academy filled my heart with joy. <laughs> like, I think you like a lot of fans. There's a lot of fans, a massive core, uh, would, would hate to see him back in a, a lead shirt. And I can understand how they feel because he went to Man United. But we need somebody with a bit of fire in midfield. 
You've got nobody. It's a little old adage, right? If you go back to one of your old girlfriends, you know you've been there, don't you? And you know, you probably do the same things you've done, but <laughs> it's it's always nice, always nice to go back to an old girlfriend, but you'd never probably settle down with her, would you? No, the current one so, never seems to like it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, I'll tell you what, it's been a fairly depressing season, so tell us what we have to look forward to. Give us a note of optimism for next year. I think we I think we could we can recruit players who probably wouldn't have come to Leeds under Grayson. There's players who play for Colin who wouldn't give Grayson a second look. Uh, that don't mean that bad on Grayson. I have the ultimate respect for the man, but these players who would say, I don't mind, but I don't I fancy playing with Neil Warnock. Well, that's good news. Well, Keith, I'll tell you what, we'll let you go because time has beaten us, but thank you very much right. for joining us on the podcast. Match on together. Indeed, mate. Thanks. Bye-bye. See you, See you later. Bye. After all that, let's wrap up the Square Ball podcast for this season then. Gents, uh, no upcoming games, thank God. <laughs> We've got a chance in them. Uh, at least we can watch the, the playoffs without having to care this time. No Ken Bates, villain of the fortnight, this fortnight. No, it's no, been, no. It's been three weeks since we were on here. Right? Let's go big time. Let's do a Ken Bates, villain of the season award. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, who would you like to nominate as the villains who have contributed to our misery in this piss poorest of seasons. Ken Bates. Yeah, what, what are we nominating Ken for? All of it? Yeah, yeah. everything from top to bottom, from beginning to end, from start to finish. He's the chairman. He's yep. the chairman and the owner. All his fault. Who else? Sean, Sean Harvey. Harvey. Oh, yeah. in stereo. <laughs> the same same reasons, really. He oversees, well, or undersees, or whatever he does. He, go, he stands by and does nothing while Ken... <laughs> does these things or either that or he gets actively involved I don't know either way I don't want to see it Sean playing side poor Hubka obvious reasons Danny Pugh obvious reasons he cost us money didn't he apparently so I cash mean, money Rahubka's Townsend and his massive is forehead. he still going on about Leeds as yes well? he is on Twitter yeah, yes. yeah. No, he just can't let it go can I he? did enjoy someone when he was getting a bit of abuse the other day someone said um, don't listen <laughs> to the man Josh sir. I think you're a great player. I've seen you run down a blind alley faster than anyone I've ever seen before. <laughs> that did raise a smile for me as well. I think it'd be quite hard to give any of those the award because they're not really contributing to the whole season, are they? Just bits and bats of our crappy failure this season. Anyone else? That- I was going to throw Paul Lambert in there for signing our team. Trying to get Snodgrass. He'll probably be in for Lees soon. I don't know, even, even players that haven't been born yet who are playing for Lees. I imagine he's going around Leeds giving hand jobs. To, to get rid of any potentially good footballers. Forcing them to sow their seed on fallow ground. Um, I'd like to nominate um, the 13 teams that finished above us, because if they weren't there, we would have won the league this according, season. Actually, according to, the, according to Bates' interview today, he's one of the positives of the season was that we've done well <laughs> against the top teams. Whereas actually, if you look at the top six, we've taken two points from them, I think. We've got a couple of draws against Cardiff every other game. We have lost. Yeah, another breakdown teams. I saw was against the teams from the top half of the table. I think it came out as three wins or something like that. <laughs> the top teams. No, we've done well. We've done well against them. We've somewhere. Done well. So that kind of combines all the other teams in the league. The top Again, teams in Doncaster, we've done well against. <laughs> yeah, we've We haven't played Doncaster there. Bells, have we? So we've got a, a whole swathe of nominations there. Is there anybody else we can think of just before we try and give this award out? Neil Warnock hasn't helped. Mm, mm, I'm, I'm sort of loath to give him full responsibility for our season of misery. Okay. It, was, it wasn't here before. A half season of misery. It's got worse, though. Definitely worse. He's going to have to uh, do something special to avoid getting this award next season. I was upset with the management, as in board level, before he came in. 
Since he came in, I've been upset with everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, with any other nominations not forthcoming, I think we should probably give it to someone. I mean, who who gets the award of shame? Who has the bigger responsibility for things at Leeds United? Bates, Harvey, Rahubka. Who's had the most baleful influence on the season? Didn't we? Didn't Rahubka win it three times? It, yeah. So technically, he keeps it. So he has yeah, to yeah. have it on the the median average. But and yeah, we, and we don't give it to Ken. So we, well, we can't, we can't give it to Ken. That's no. the that's the rules. Yeah. So just, yeah. by default, it should be Harvey. You think so? It's Harvey or Rahubka for me. I'm in for Harvey. Harvey, if only for his crassness about the sacking of Grayson. And he gave Rahubka the contract to sign. He dropped the pen, but hey, so it was too easy. So are we going to give it to Sean Harvey then? I'd give it to Sean Harvey. We'll, we'll send it out by Royal Mail special delivery. He'll deliver it to himself. Indeed. Congratulations, Sean. You are the winner of the Ken Bates Villain of the Season. Now get out. Award. So there we go. That's Well, that's an accolade, isn't it? Well done, Sean. Uh, speaking of accolades, prizes and the such like, we love them, don't we? Um, let's face it, awards are all that is important in this life. It's not the taking part. No. It's not doing things for the love of it. We are in a roundabout way talking about the Football Supporters Federation Awards, which if you've listened to us or read anything we've done this last 12 months, you will be aware that we won Fanzine of the Year last we don't, year. We don't like to go on about it. <laughs> we put it on the front of every magazine. But, uh... Yeah, we'll have to change the template if we don't win it again. So. Well, the we'll nomina- just have to add... 2011. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If we put a date on Obviously, it. if we don't get nominated or win, it's then the taking part that's important. Of course. Yeah, of course. But yeah, the, the, the FSF awards are coming up again in July this year. And it'd be nice if you voted for us. You don't have to if you don't want. If you think we're distinctly average, that's fine. But there are a few categories that you can nominate in. We wouldn't mind, because this year, you see, there's a podcast uh, category, isn't there? And I think we'll easily destroy the heavyweights in this category, such as Football Weekly and Football Ramble. They'll be absolutely terrified. They're football ignoramuses. You could probably more easily pronounce the ignoramus. The might of of the Squareball podcast listening audience should be enough to see us canter home in this award, uh, which is going to be done on the popular vote. And, of course, there is the Fanzine of the Year Award, which is the biggie. So if you want to drop an email to awards at fsf.org.uk and nominate us for Fanzine of the Year and Podcast of the Year, we would love you forever. If only so we can get another trophy. We might for, actually be able to keep. For me to not drop yeah, this time, because I'm not if, going anywhere near if, it. No. If if we end up at this thing again, and if I see you going near any awards, whether we won them, whether anybody else won them, in fact, I think we're just gonna get, you're going to have to drink out of a plastic beaker while we're down there, because I'm not, <laughs> not trusting you with anything made of glass. If you do drop it, I'm going to make you eat it this time. <laughs> <laughs> but sincerely, yeah, if you do fancy uh, giving them a quick email and nominate us for those awards, we would be eternally grateful. Awards at fsf.org.uk, fanzine and podcast of the year, if you don't mind. And we should say thank you very, very much indeed for downloading the podcast. We, we really appreciate your listening. I think we appreciate the fact that anyone bothers to download this at all. Um, and thank you as well. We are eternally grateful for you buying our fanzine. You yeah. all have lovely ears and eyes. Yes, we will bring it back for you next season. Gonna have a, a nice summer off now, I think, and regroup, get in the gym, you know, tone up, come back, leaner, better, reinforced for next season. Uh, but finally, if you do fancy getting hold of the last magazine of this season, or indeed getting yourself a subscription for next season, you can do all that on the squareball.net. Quickly, let's round up this uh, issue 10 of the mag that is out at the moment. Do me a round up, go. The champions of England were at Leeds United 20 years ago, so we got them on the cover at the top of a bus. What I always love about this picture is it's the midfield. Gordon, Gary, David and Gary, all at the front of a bus. Carl Schuck kind of ruins it by getting his head in there. <laughs> but there they are, and they're in their kick champions uh, t-shirts, which you can then uh, flick to the centre pages and see a tribute to that team by the Very generation, good. which uh, 
I still have my T-shirt of those. I was going to wear it on Well, you're a man who's stuck in the 80s, so a T-shirt from 92 is very futuristic for you. Yeah, it stinks, though. I see a global hypercolour. I never had one of them. They were quite expensive. A T-shirt that essentially made it show up when you're sweating. We've got some articles about it as well. Daz Aviad has written about the champions, as has Andy P. And um, Amitai, who we spoke to earlier, has written about his um, his middle name. And there's other stuff. We've got the wrap-up of the uh, last few utterly pointless games of the season. Our match reports are better than the games actually were. <laughs> putting that out there. There's um, a useful thing for across summer where you can track... Um, the reasons Ken, why we won't be buying players. You can track yeah. Ken's excuses, starts yeah. off with players on holiday, agents on holiday, Olympics. You can follow it through. It's it's pretty much going to be, it's a linear yeah. thing. You Solar can, transit of Venus is going to have a, yeah. a big impact. It's a bit like an advent calendar. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can take them off you can as look you go at through. It every day of summer and think, oh, yep, yeah, this is this is where we are. And finally, there's the free gift in there, of course, the free red card. If you want to get part, uh, take part in all the action, you know, Warnock's boys being racking up those red cards this season. If you want to take part, get involved, show people a red card. There's one in there that you can cut out and keep. And finally, 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 there's uh, the obituary of Ben Parker that uh, Adam Jubb has written, which is um, excellent. Quotes Isaac Newton as, uh, um, as an example of, uh, of what Ben Parker is following in the footsteps of. Uh, we'll be back with more of the same well, and hopefully better. Hobbling in the footsteps of. Hopefully better next season. Because still one more joke in. The season's yeah. not over yet. Subscriptions are available now on the website. 25 quid for 10 issues delivered in the UK. Just as we said before, just need to check the postal prices for abroad. Unless we'll you can those. come and get them. Yeah, if you want to come pick cheaper. them up. <laughs> fly in, pick Send up Send in a carrier pigeon, something <laughs> like that. We'll, we'll take care of it happily. But yeah, we'll get the postage rate sorted out for Europe and the rest of the world. And of course, the digital download option is 10 quid. 10 quid, quid each. For 30 magazines, effectively, that is. <laughs> for wherever you are in the world. And if you fancy reading a bit more of The Square Ball, have a look on the website. It's at thesquareball.net. Well, that's it. We're done. This season is over. <coughs> Hooray. Hooray. Thanks for Nothing. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Everybody who sent us cake and sweets, we've got a quick couple of thank yous to mention now. Yeah. Daz Aviad, who did a fine piece in the latest mag, has sent us another cake. That Some was the one donated uh, from his retirement party, wasn't it? No, it was his 40th wedding anniversary, I think. That was it. That Sorry, was yeah. It, yeah. Retirement party was last time. So we've not started on that yet, but we're about to. And <laughs> Jimmo from Twitter has uh, sent us some packets of sweets, which Moscow's trashed one pack. And I didn't trash it, I ate it. They've gone down well anyway. So thanks, Jim. Yeah, your gifts are always really, really appreciated. Thank you, everybody who sent us stuff this season. We've expanded our waistlines accordingly, but we are very, very grateful because it keeps us fed whenever we come into the studio uh, on an evening. So I think, is that it? Are we done? Do we have any more to say? We've not looked forward to next season. Well. Such wolves as <laughs> chipped to Sheffield. What What more could any football fan want? There's going to be loads happening next year. <laughs> oh, and do you know what? I'm excited already. I am excited already. When are the already. fixtures out? It's about two. Wigan, th- Wigan, Blackburn, or Bolton. We're going to be able to go to one of those. Two or three weeks, I think, but the fixtures are not far off, is it? Middle of June. It's a squad photograph I'm looking forward to. See all my favourite players. Well, whoever the fuck they are. Get a Norwich one. <laughs> all six of them. We will return in the new season towards August when we'll, we'll be, we'll be, the cynicism will have washed away. We'll be full of optimism. Looking forward to seeing all our new multi million pound signings, pull on the white shirt, and romp home towards promotion. Yeah? Are we in? Are we all in? Yeah. It's better than the alternative, which is tears. Get in touch with us then about anything over the summer. Podcast at thesquareball.net. Tweet at thesquareball. Get us on Facebook. I think we're done. We've had enough. We're off. Goodbye from me. Bye from Michael. Goodbye. Moscow. Goodbye. And Oddie. Goodbye. We'll see you in August. Happy days. See you later. Bye-bye. The Squareball Podcast. Supported by thegeldedend.com. I was blind. Now I can see.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.